0: Seismic in Far West Houston bills itself as both an art museum and an intergalactic playground. Inside a former Bed, Bath, and Beyond are more than 40 trippy made-for-Instagram rooms, a dizzying experience that's more like an amusement park, a concert, or an escape room than like a traditional art museum. Today, I'll be talking with Art Maven and CityCast contributor Olivia Flores Alvarez and video artist Joshua Jest. It's Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. All right, Joshua, Olivia, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Olivia, you went to Seismic over the weekend. What was it like? It was a unique experience. It was not like any other museum setting that I've ever seen. Every room was different. I went alone, and I've got to tell you that I was really thinking, this is a perfect date night. This is the perfect <laughs> date night. And then I, and I'd go to another room and I think, oh, my God, there need to be 30 preschoolers in here. Oh, and wow. there are okay. more than 50 artists that participated. And around every corner, there's a new surprise. And, you know, I thought maybe there'd be a theme to it. And as you walk through, you'd kind of morph into the next thing. Nope. Soon as you turn the corner, you're in an absolutely <laughs> new experience, and you all are expanding as well. I understand. I saw outside there's new construction going on, so they're adding a large, really huge outdoor exhibit that looked like what were going to be some space saucer, saucers. Yeah, we got a UFO there.
2: port outside, like a drive-in uh-huh. for aliens, <laughs> uh, with some big geodesic domes and outdoor music venue that I know nothing about. Top secret.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Did anything really stand out?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of uh, exhibits that were really just wonderful and that kind of stayed with you afterwards. And one of them was yours, Joshua, brainwasher.
2: Glad to hear that.
1: What does it look like?
2: I know it too well, so maybe Olivia can explain it.
1: There there are (laughs) dozens of disks of different sizes lining a large hall, large corridor, and there are a series of images, of nature images and just forms that, that go through a rotation and change. And it's just so soothing. I don't know, Joshua, you, you may have people who feel differently.
2: No, that's actually, that's at the crux of it. So I have a background in doing video art in general. So I kind of copied and interpreted some past works of Namjoon Paik. I don't know if you've seen his mm-hmm. video gardens. Sure. It's, it's like a, a terrarium filled with a bunch of little TV screens. So this was kind of a continuation for me in that dialogue. So I wanted to do something that had hundreds, if not thousands of screens It ended up being around 300 uh, of these circular screens. We project on all of them with 15 projectors, two computers. And the idea was to kind of recreate the experience that most of us might be familiar with online or through our phones where we're getting inundated with stuff from screens all over. So in the brainwash, I decided to take all of that and kind of squeeze it into one room and then play with, you know, rock back and forth between the feeling of inundation that can come when everything's giving you a different signal and then also the peace that could come of it if there was some synchronization between all of those different screens. So I'm glad to hear that you experienced a bit of that and we're going to continue to try to heighten it.
0: So how will you heighten it?
2: We're adding some new artists, some video artists. We invited them to create content for the Brainwasher after my first crack at it. So we're going to be featuring some content by Mark Patch, who has some affiliation with the Van Gogh tour.
0: The virtual reality tour?
2: Yeah. Um, He did some animations for them in Australia. And he's going to be our first featured artist. And we're going to add it to like a continuously growing mixtape.
0: So would it still be nature scenes or will it be something completely different?
2: Every artist is kind of free to take their crack at it. And the idea is that as each artist adds to it, we'll feature them for a little bit. And then we're going to create a brainwasher mixtape. So I'll be the maestro kind of creating this rocking back and forth between other artists, nature, busyness, calmness. And it'll be this big growing machine for washing brains. (laughs)
0: So seismic sounds to me a lot like those big immersive experiences that we're starting to see around the country at places like Meow Wolf in Denver, Las Vegas, and Santa Fe. They're really capturing people's imaginations, but they also seem really new. So how did you get into this?
2: I have a background in architecture, and I've kind of been oscillating back and forth between art heavy into art in high school, less tech-oriented, then got into architecture at Rice University there in Houston and did that professionally for a bit. And then I got an opportunity to pursue some of the weird projection technology projects that I had done at Rice. I kind of packaged them all together, Uh and MIT thought it was cool. So I got to really double down on all of my extracurricular, ravey projection mapping (laughs) activities And really put my nose you to the grindstone made a job about it. Out
0: of these things, your parents wanted you not to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was MIT, so it was hard for them to say no to yeah. it. So I got to give it the time of day. Um, I got to build up a ton of really amazing projects. And um, eventually, I did enough work that um, some people that were involved in the project they knew they needed a video guy, and so my name came up and at Seismic. Yeah, uh-huh. at Seismic.
0: Okay.
2: Um, and so the owner came to me and said, "Can you do five rooms?" And I was like. I- what are, what are we paying? You know, what, what's, it, what's the budget for each one? What's the timeline? And so uh, yeah. we agreed to five rooms. We completed four rooms really, really well. One uh, yeah. is still in the works. we some other projects there. But so the four that came out of it uh, were each kind of like a case study that I had, you know, the, the top four case studies of smaller projects that I had wanted to implement. So they each kind of take on projection in a different way.
1: Okay. And you also have music for each different room. Tell me about some of the music, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah. Um, music's all over the place in, uh, in seismic, but walking through you know, the doors of each room is meant to be a, a completely different experience.
0: So what does it sound like?
2: So there's a lot of arcade noises for some installations. There's a lot of dance music. There's some that make music to your face. But in my rooms, so let's take, for instance, there's one called Specimen. It's a bunch of like crazy aliens that are washing through all of these big pipes. Like you're on like in the Star Trek engine room or something. And <laughs> we, uh, actually commissioned some external animators to create the content for us that was busy doing a lot of other things. So we had to bring in some extra help. They created all the visuals for us, but handed us a zero of sound. So I got to go back through and watch all the independent animations that were chopped up so they can be interactive and people can tweak with them and design the whole soundscape according to their creatures. So I got to like pull out my microphones and do a bunch of Foley design and like squash grapefruits and light things on fire (laughs) and crack ice and do all the stuff to, to make these creatures come to life. And then there's this big, like harmonic, multi-tone sound where you crank the shields down over the tubes to like protect yourself from them. There's this big resonance that each one of the pipes has like a slightly different tone that all harmonizes if you all crank the wheels together. And that's just the one room. So each of the other (laughs) three rooms have their own soundscapes. One is a big alien jukebox. That's one of my personal favorites. That has a, a lot of potential. I'm still coming up with tracks. So it's really, it's something. I'm always adding to it.
0: Okay, so Joshua, tell me about this Elon Musk character who's behind Seismic. Who is he? What's he like?
2: The the madman that made it all happen. The um, madman, yeah. Yeah, he his name Pull is uh, Steve Copelman, and uh-huh. he is amazing. He is the guy who put the whole project together. He had the vision for this. He came from doing haunted houses, and then originally, <laughs> yeah, um, that haunted houses is something that Another tangentially, yeah. Right. But so he came from that space, which is very good at putting things together for a deadline. And he got into the escape room place. It's a company that they have dozens and dozens of... Escape rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they're all over the U.S. And then he had always wanted to get into tech art and synthesized experience where everything was connected and something that was a little less horror-oriented and more about wonder and could be enjoyed by all ages. And also...
0: 12 months a year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That also. Yeah. (laughs) Which is something coming from the event space with Projection, we do a lot of pop-up events. So I've been wanting to do permanent installations for a while because, Mm -hmm. you know, like we talked before, you can add to these installations over time. So now that they're built, we did a really good job building each one of them. Now that they're permanent, we're able to curate new artists on them, we're able to add to them over time. And I think uh, it's a really amazing situation. And I am very, very pleased to be a part of it.
0: (laughs) Oh, it sounds great. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) All right, Joshua, Olivia, thank you both for, for talking with me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. For more information about Seismic, check out our show notes. We will have a link to their website. All right, it is now time for a little bit of news. I am here with producer Farrell Gibbs. Farrell, what is going on right now in
3: Houston? This story is sort of reminiscent, Lisa, of several episodes back. You remember when you interviewed the refugee from Afghanistan, Tom and Agori? Oh yeah. This is out of Texas Monthly about a restaurant called the Afghan Village, restaurant owner Omer Yuzofsi? He makes delicious food, but this owner also was a refugee himself and was relocated to Houston. Oh, an Afghani refugee. Yeah. That's correct, yes. After he arrived, he went to law school, then he hired on with an American company that took him back home to Afghanistan as a military recruiter. But he returned in 2012 to here and said he wanted to make a restaurant that everyone would love, veterans, Houstonians, and even those from Afghanistan alike. What he's been doing that is noteworthy, he's been distributing $8 boxes of his food to Houston nonprofits, such as the YMCA. They call this actually the YMCA meal. And what's cool is that if people are relocated, the first thing, that they have are these boxes of his food in their refrigerator and it makes them feel like home. Oh,
0: so they get plopped in these landing pad apartments and there is one meal that seems like home in that cold refrigerator?
3: That's right. They tell the story of one man, an interpreter who recently got granted refugee status. He was granted it two weeks before the fall of Afghanistan. And when he got here to his new apartment, there was Karahi with tomato, garlic and ginger, waiting for him in his refrigerator. It made him feel like home. The family said it was a nice reminder of the home that they had just left. Oh. That's really sweet. Yes, I thought so too. And here's a little follow-up story on uh one that we ran late last week about Johnny Walker. Remember him?
0: The homeless guy who pulled was it a sheriff, a deputy sheriff out of a car after an accident?
3: That is exactly right. Yes. Not only were we watching, but his family was watching that broadcast live. Him being interviewed on that corner about doing this heroic act. And he had been out of touch with his family for about three months. He's been homeless, it turns out, since 2006. And they saw him on TV and they rushed down to that corner where he was and they reunited with him. And from what's being reported, he's reunited with his family.
0: Oh, so that's
3: a happy ending. Yeah. Two happy endings.
0: Oh, I just don't expect that out of our news, yeah.
3: Right, we'll have to double up tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That is all for today, y'all.
0: It's good to be back. I hope you had a good MLK day. If you are going to Seismic with friends, send them a link to this podcast so they know what they're getting into. And also, so they know what CityCast is. We will be back tomorrow. See you then.
2: We took many naps in there <laughs> as we were building the place. It's a, it's a big old hammock community.